When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome in to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast on Thursday, December the 9th, week 14 of the fantasy football season and the NFL season. I guess that's really what we're basing this all around. Kicks off tonight, Vikings and Steelers getting together to get things started in what is the last week of the fantasy football regular season for most of us. We're going to talk you through all of the games here on this episode of TAFFP. Joining me, as always, Brandon Funston, Funstonian. What's going on, man? I need more sleep. Uh, that's that's what's going on. <laughs> need more allowance. Trying to push to the finish line here. That's what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. We're pushing through the regular season, pushing on to the playoffs, pushing through that finish line. It's going to be a super fun finish. I'm excited about the way that the NFL season is shaping up and how that's going to trickle down to the fantasy world with like every team in the league other than the Jets, Texans, Jaguars, Giants, and Bears being involved in this playoff race. So it's going to be fun. I think that's going to make things for make for a fun fantasy finish for us as well. A lot of Fs in there. No one ever gets an F. Jake Seeley, A plus guy, A plus fantasy guy. What's up, Jake? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm actually live trying to update the ranks because now apparently Delvin Cook's playing. So been doing that and really let's just everything. let's let, just start let, right yeah. there. Like, well, how was I going to say with Jake? <laughs> yeah. Was the rankings as hard as it, it's been all year this week? Like I feel like there isn't like a bunch of big injuries. There's a bunch of small injuries with. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Everybody, basically every running back from 11 <laughs> yeah. to 20. Seven somewhere in that range, like <laughs> something. It, this guy depends on this guy who depends uh-huh. on this guy who depends on this guy, and <laughs> no, I, I I get the what the hell, but I go back to what I said. Look, it, it definitely blew up in her face, but I've gone back. It's like ninety five percent of the time, if a team brings mm-hmm. back a running back, we've done this three times. We've had this discussion just two weeks ago because we were talking about this. Yeah. When a team we couldn't remember back the first a, guy we had it about. Yeah, it was David Montgomery. How many we've done about David Montgomery, Christian McCaffrey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and there's one other. We've done this. This is now the fifth time we've done this this Mm -hmm. year. If a team brings back a running back when the performer is doing extremely well in his steed, and it's earlier than any stead. Sorry, yes, yeah. I'm I'm doing this at the same time. Shut shut up. Uh, (laughs) Comes back. You are correct, stead. And and it's early, and nobody expected a bubble. You have to fire them up and you project the workload. Now, again, maybe this is the 5% and we get screwed over. We have plenty of time before tonight, depending on when you're listening to this, obviously Mm -hmm. in your area. But, you know, if everything goes and he's fired up and he is starting all three reports, there's nothing more you can do. I'm going to have him side my top five. There's nothing. I mean, you have to go with it. And then are we sitting Madison? Yeah, because that's the biggest thing is you go back to like David Montgomery Khalil Herbert was wiped out of the equation. Uh, you go back to Elijah Mitchell's first game back. One care that was the other one, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, who we also had concerns about Shanahan at the time, and right. he comes back and Sermon gets one touch, and the very next week doesn't even get any. It, all these guys have come back, 
and getting their same exact workload. So and we've seen this from Dal- Dalvin Cook's also done this before. This year right. he's done this. Yeah. Alexander Madison <laughs> just went ballistic in his game earlier this year, the first time he got hurt in his one yep. game that he replaced Dalvin Lions. Cook. Yep, Cook comes back and goes just right back to his role. So I'm putting him inside the top five. I have Madison. Where did Madison check in? He's right around like low 30s, high 40s. Mm. And again, it could blow up in your face, but if I have Cook, I'm Cooks, cooks in my lineup. It sucks that we're doing yeah. this, but yeah, you know, you look at you look at Madison's game log, and it is a spike. It's not rolling hills where <laughs> he's been the guy, and then he kind of tapers down. It's a spike, and then it, you know, it, yep. it's a complete precipitous drop off when Dalvin Cook comes back. So you're right. If you just look at the history of it, Jake, it's it's you know, it's always. Dalvin Cook comes back, and he's a man. So we've got Vikings running back starter, whoever it is. We've got Justin Jefferson. We've got Chase Claypool. We've got um, Deontay Johnson. We've got Najee Harris. We have five guys who you're not even thinking twice about. They're just they, These guys live in starting lineups. And yet we have a total of 43, which is like the total du jour, except whatever, however you say week in French uh, instead of jour. Um, it's right around like 42 and a half, 43. That concern you at all, Funston? I mean, not to the point that you're going to suddenly sit Deontay Johnson, but like 43 in a game with all these high-end fantasy guys is not exactly what we want to see. I was saying this earlier in the week. I think these teams are kind of mirror images of each other. You know, they uh, even down to like the Justin Jefferson, Deontay Johnson kind of like main guy. Um, you know, teams that have a defensive identity that aren't actually that good on defense this year, um, that want to be run heavy, mm-hmm. but uh, are capable. And I th- we've seen them play low scoring games. We've seen them play high scoring games. So I, I don't know. I don't know how Vegas would know how this thing is going <laughs> to go because I think it could go any which way. And so uh, it doesn't. It doesn't concern me. I think a high scoring game is very possible. I, but if you told me it was sixteen to thirteen. I wouldn't bat an eyelash at that either. I think this is a kind of a box of chocolates game. <laughs> I want to know which Steelers team shows up. That's really what it yeah. comes down to. Because yeah. the Steelers, yeah. week in and week out, they can put up – It's they're kind of the like Cam Newton defenses. You might get a Ooh. top five defensive performance, and you might get, oh, my God, we just gave up 40. Like, they, mm-hmm. you just never know. And last week, you know, I, I kind of expected it to be kind of a grinder of a game. I even answered somebody's comment and said that last week of why I was a little – I forget who I was low on. I think it was Marquise Brown or something like that. But it was like, mm-hmm. it's a divisional. These teams generally grind out games when they face each other. But that's also the Steelers' defense as a whole is that what – you know, that's always a, pl- a possibility, although I don't think – if you're betting, just stay away. If you're doing yeah. this, you just start everybody anyway. There's yeah, there's three options on both teams, and it's that simple. It's yeah. very simple. The running back and two wide receivers, oh, tight ends, four options on both teams, <laughs> and move on. You got us uh, into a question, Jake, perfectly with the guy who you just referenced because Corey watching us on YouTube, thank you, Corey, for joining us, has a question of Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins for this week. Hmm. I have Kirk Cousins one spot in front of Cam Newton. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like 15 on Cam Newton right thereabouts, and I'm like 13 or 12 on Cousins. So I, but I do, I agree. I have Cousins yeah. just slightly ahead of Newton because this is, you know, this is playoff week. You'd rather, I think, take a little bit safer floor. There you go. Wait, 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 wait. What week is it? It's not. It's, playoffs? it's make the playoff. Playoffs. It's make the playoff <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about playoffs. Um, love love a Jim Morris shout out. How about a Buccaneers Bills shout out? Let's get under that game. Bucks are three point favorites against the Bills. This is the sort of total we like to see fifty three and a half. And obviously the Bills are ready to wash the taste of that Monday night football game out of their mouth. Is this one as easy as it seems, you guys? Like, is this going to be that scoring fantasy bonanza? 
that we're all wanting to see and expecting to see when these two teams get together? What do you got for us, Jake? I would think so mostly because, I mean, look at what you would expect the strength of the Bills to be, and now they've lost Davis White. Their mm-hmm. secondary hasn't been playing as great of late. They've let big-name running backs go against them and have big days. So you can question, like, okay, yes, their defense is still really good. Is it stop everybody? No, it's just, you know, yeah. you stop mediocre players. So you have Leonard Fournette, you have Tom Brady, you have Godwin and Evans. I uh, doing. I told you guys before the show, this, this is why this is left up here from last night. I was celebrating Beowulf Gardner Minshew with Joe Holka on this DFS show. And I love some Mike Evans this week with no Tredavious White. Who stop? Yeah. Look at the Bill. Sec- who's stopping Mike Evans in that Bill secondary now? And like that's no and that's way. why I think you look at this. And but I got to tell you, the, the the concern I would have is that if it does go sideways, can the Bucks defense limit the Bills? Because the run game does not help the Bills. They play week mm-hmm. in and week out. Like last week wasn't a Brita game because they just want to pound it. So it was more Singletary and Moss. This week should lean more Brita because they're going to pass more. But when you have zero running game, this is why the Bills are not winning 13, 14 games like a lot of people, including myself, did. Is because when you have this kind of a messy backfield, mm-hmm. things can go sideways on you at every given week. So I would say, yes, this feels like an easy over, but it would not shock me. If it went under, I wouldn't, sh- I wouldn't bet it's a big, under, it's a big it number, regardless of who the offenses yeah. are. That's a 50, right. 53 and a half. Excuse me. It's a big number to get to Funston. Is there anyone who you want to make an argument for off the radar in this game? No, is a perfectly acceptable answer, but I'm thinking bills backs, Emmanuel Sanders. Is there anyone no. along those lines? Don't you dare do Emmanuel Sanders. Sidebar. No. Sidebar. Cortland because I said this on my show yesterday. Real, I started to jump in here. Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders haven't had a double-digit game since week six together in the same week. So stop with Sutton. Stop with Sanders. Sorry, Fonston. Go ahead. No, I was going to – I mean, Cole Beasley is as far off the radar yeah. as I would be willing to go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Salfino said it a few weeks ago. This is a Bills off – offense is basically built for a dome playing in a cold weather region but at least they're you know they get out of there so this is their get right game because they get to be who they want to be and it actually plays into how you know the tampa bay defense which you can't run on them anyway Mm -hmm. so that's just going to make buffalo happy like okay we don't even have to worry about this so i know jake has josh allen number one i have josh allen number one i think we both feel like this is like a nice scenario for them to bounce four interceptions coming Four interceptions yeah, coming. How about four interceptions is fine. Three <laughs> touchdown passes and like uh, one 300 rushing. yards yeah. and 50 rushing yards. Oh, so Taysom Hill game? TD. That's what we're going uh, the, for. Yeah. Yeah. The old Josh Taysom Hill Allen sort of game there we've got uh, potentially on tap. Uh, Chiefs and Raiders, you guys, eight and a half point favorites are the Chiefs, 47 and a half for the total on this one. Who wants to jump in and make a case for Derek Carr as a starting fantasy QB this week? Anyone? Anyone? Mm, he's been so... He's been so tepid lately. Yeah. I'm apparently, I, mean, just... I apparently hate Derek Carr because I'm minus four in consensus. So I, I, I'm not making the case for Derek Carr. <laughs> I, I'm the, not either. The Chiefs' defense has been playing a lot better lately, as you mentioned. You know, look, I, I don't know if we want to mention his name because what, like, like, let's be honest. Like this offense, I'm not call me crazy, but the offense has been disjointed since they lost Rugs. Yes, Deshaun Jackson has come in and had spots, but with that and Darren Waller, it's been the combination of the two. You know, that kind of like Waller's not been healthy. He hasn't been the Waller from last year. The past couple of weeks, it's, you know what's similar to? It's similar to Washington earlier this year where they couldn't just get, let's get all of our guys on the field. Let's get mm-hmm. some consistency going. Let's have, you know, just multiple threats where defenses have to worry about it. The only threat that's really working right now are Renfro and Josh Jacobs. That's it right yep. now. And yep. so 
and as much as we love in fantasy and everybody loves Renfro for the fun of it, he should not be your number one receiving weapon. And that's what he's right. been. Um, right. I want to look at the other side of this game for a second here because here are the points scored by the Kansas City Chiefs since week seven. Mm-hmm. Three, 20, 13, then 41, 19, 22. That 41 was against this Raiders team. So is this a bounce back, get right, at least for one week spot for these guys here, Funston? Look, and I think, I mean, you just have to, you have to rank it that way. I mean, there's, this is thankfully not a whole bunch of guys either. Like you're not, you're not sitting Tyreek Hill. You're not sitting Travis Kelsey. You're probably not sitting CEH. And Daryl Williams is a fine flex play because of his involvement in the passing game and Pat Mahomes. So, we're not talking about anybody in this situation that you aren't already playing anyways, and you're hoping for a better than than what you've seen lately kind of deal, but they haven't been so bad on a consistent basis that you're thinking about sitting them anyways. And at yeah. least there is that 41 to kind of hang your hat on in terms of hope. But are you confident in these? I mean, you're not sitting. You're, I'm not confident in the Chiefs offense yeah. at all. Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of been like the Cowboys That's, as well. Like one week one. really good, one week really bad, except for the Chiefs has been – a few more, more weeks more of bad than good. It really, yeah. Look, it comes down to the same conversation uh, when I dove into it in the waivers, and then we talked about it that week, and then the very mm-hmm. next week is when he had the five-touchdown game. I'm not saying that I found the answer because the one week is actually <laughs> – I'm not the, saying it no, either. No, but because the one week was the anomaly. Honestly, like you just well, yeah. you ran through the games. The five-touchdown uh-huh. game was the only good one in there. All the rest of them were kind of stinkers. But it's the same issue we talked about back then, in case anybody wasn't listening to us back then. It's not just cover two now at this point because – they even mentioned that during the broadcast where I happened to be listening in the game. And they said it's not just a cover two anymore, talking about the same thing I am because they're even smarter than I am. That's why they're broadcasters. Mm-hmm. But I say, well, depending on who the broadcaster is. But anyway, point being <laughs> is Patrick Mahomes has nobody to trust. And when Tyreek Hill is even dropping the ball and Byron Pringle can't make a catch to save his life and Demarcus Robinson can't get out open and Miko Harmon has been erased from the fantasy relevant actually even NFL relevance yeah. he's got nobody to go to and that's what's been the problem is that he really doesn't trust anybody and now he's trying to make these throws that he's been making for the past 2 years and forcing them at the same time and that's why we're seeing you know I, I likened it to this Mike I said it's like Steph Curry when he when he heaves up the half court shot like, sure, we see the highlight when he makes the one out of 10 because NBA is like, oh, my God, Steph Curry's insane. We don't see the nine that he misses from half court. Yeah, and that's what that's we're seeing it all for Patrick Mahomes, certainly this season. But, uh, man, I just feel like this should be a spot where they can lean on what they did against the, the Raiders the first time and you hopefully get. Yeah, right. And hopefully uh, get right a little bit. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, another big game. Monday night football, Cardinals and Rams. The Cardinals are two and a half. Po- oh, there goes Beowulf. There goes Beowulf. Oh, <laughs> Down goes Beowulf. Down I mean, goes Beowulf. Appro- they are appropriate because Hurst is week. coming back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing on that. How about Cardinals and Rams, you guys? Two and a half point favorites are these Arizona Cardinals against the Rams. Cardinals, of course, won this first game in L.A. between these two. Uh, should be another fun one when we get these teams together. Uh, let's look at the Rams running back situation. How are we handling this one? Jake, you take this first. 
He took down freaking Master Chief, too. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> you said the Cardinals were handling this, right? Is uh, but Did I say yeah. the Cardinals? Because I meant the Rams. My bad. Rams. Okay. Rams running. Okay. Rams. We're handling Rams. Uh, we're trying to parse through what the hell Sean McVay said while he straddled the fence like nobody ever has with saying that <laughs> Daryl Henderson looks great as the lead and that's why he's so good but at the same time Sonny Michelle gets in a groove and you know gets that run and blah 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 yeah we have no idea uh I'm gonna go <laughs> back to too. I know so that's that's the big thing here and that works on the other side too Chase Edmonds was activated today but mm-hmm. that works you're gonna not be able to wait you know I would play safe options I'm not saying I love Devonta Freeman but I would go Devonta Freeman between either of these backfields except for James Conner. Because even if Edmonds comes back, James Conner feels okay. The yeah. Rams situation, I still have Daryl Henderson over Sony Michelle. I think we could see a split more like Zeke and Pollard, the Broncos running backs, something like that, where Daryl Henderson's not getting 80%. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is we saw this happen earlier this year. And Henderson came right back. It was like 90%. Yep. So... I'm still going to rank Henderson over Michelle, but if the split is greater, and even if Michelle was in the lead this week, it would not shock me. I hate to say it because I don't want injuries, and I love Henderson, the player, but I'm kind of just hoping Henderson's out, just for clarity. Well, and they did what they promoted Makai Sargent from the practice squad, which, you know, led. Well, they did that earlier this year, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm ranking Henderson ahead, but I, I'm kind of in the back of my mind, sort of. And, and in a way, I agree. I, I'm hoping that Daryl Henderson actually doesn't play. I think that that makes the waters a lot less muddy, and then it's just Tony Michelle. Not, we're not going to know when we're setting lineups. Oh, we'll you know might. by Saturday. You never know. Sometimes. I don't know. Only if he's just a game-time decision, no, Saturday, but they I'm might saying, actually like they, rule him they, out early. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They might say something. You're, you're that quizzical face that you have Saturday has been yeah. like, I love this year. Not only are Sunday mornings, we're getting actives early. We're getting a yep. hell of a lot injury news on Saturday this year yeah, where it's like it's Saturday great. midday. It's been like, oh, blank isn't playing. Oh, blank missed practice. Blank is like, and I, I love it this year. It's made things so much easier for me. <laughs> like, it's cut my scramble from like four hours down to like two and a half on Sunday mornings. <laughs> But this is a situation where we don't we don't have to know, right? On Saturday. Oh no You're no just... no, we're not guaranteed to know. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, but there's yeah. a chance that we might find out chance. on Saturday. What about Van Jefferson and OBJ? You guys, how are you treating them this week? You take this one first, Funston. Um, you know, it's a, it's the Rams' offense. It's number two, and number three. I, I agree with Jake. I mean, I'm I I I, I kind of was pushing for OBJ to kind of be on a level with Van Jefferson, but I think just watching the context of the games the last couple of weeks, like you can see that Van Jefferson probably deservedly needs to be the, the number two mm-hmm. Rams receiver in your ranking. So if you're kind of like trying to weigh the two of them, uh, they're more upside there. Um, but I have I have Van Jefferson as a mid back end top. 30 wide receiver and Odell Beckham in, in the kind of early to mid thirties. So there's about a half a half a tier ranking difference between them. At least wait, you're not backtracking off Odell Beckham. Are you sounds like it a little, <laughs> a little bit. bit, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> you know, like, I have to tease I you for that. Said, I, I, I just said, I come, come, come around. Uh, I watched just, the last just, couple you know, games. You know, and I've I have come to around. tease you a little bit about that. <laughs> we're supposed this is all supposed to be you, you say things they become water under the bridge no one ever talks about them ever again that's been of the beauty course, of, of my many many years of being a fantasy analyst people <laughs> sure, don't try to sure, pin me sure. to the wall for a- things a- i said ask beller about aaron jones and austin eckler from last year they still like oh, you, <laughs> that's you never how right, gonna die <laughs> how right i was about that you mean is that what you're talking about 
Hell, you weren't right. Nobody was right. <laughs> See? We don't even know. Now we're all confused. Oh, That's man. the beauty I, of this thing. I am a little bit confused, so I'm just going to move on to Browns and Ravens. The Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game, you guys. 42-and-a-half is the total, like I said, the uh, the total du jour but weak. Isn't it like Saman or something like that? It's got to it's be something like that. Anyways, who cares? We're not here uh, having language lessons or anything. Um, Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites. It's actually one-and-a-half earlier in the week. Jake, in your rankings column, you've got a little bit of love for Jarvis Landry. Let's hear why. Mm, well, a couple of reasons. It started with the fact he's facing the Ravens. And boom, done. Uh, similar to the Giants. <laughs> it's so, I, I, you know, it's funny. This this seems to be the catch word this year or the cliche word. or Everybody's using the word funnel this year. Like that, I just see this everywhere. It's, yeah. it's a funnel defense. They funnel this. They funnel that. They funnel, and I think it's now become like a catch-all term and it's kind of getting misused in places. The Ravens defense funnels defense in front of them if we want to go that route. Similar to the Giants defense. is like you can beat the Ravens defense, and you've seen this an entire year, but you beat them in the specific area of the pass defense. Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry had 111 yards against this defense doing that such thing, the intermediate game. Well, on top of that... Now they don't have Humphrey. They don't have corners to play overtime. They don't have corners, like, whatever. This is how you beat them. Of course, the Browns could always go run ballistic, but the good thing is, is the Ravens' defense on the run side of things is still strong enough to keep them in check and force Mm -hmm. if, this is the biggest question of this entire game, though, if Baker Mayfield comes out and is actually healthy, question mark? And, like, (laughs) is he going to be wheeling out there with crutches and, like, an arm in a sling? Or, like, I mean, so if Baker Mayfield has 30 attempts, I mean, you're expecting... 30% 30% of them to go to Landry. I would certainly be expecting yeah, well, that for sure. Yeah, and I think both Njoku and Harrison Bryant are out. So, yep. you mm-hmm. know, a Alexa team that likes Hooper to too. actually run three tight end sets is going to have only one because I was looking at their death chart. If they have another tight end, it's someone they just brought in or pulled off the practice squad that I haven't even seen yet. But they're, they're not going to get appreciable play right out of the gate against Baltimore. So I would think this would be more wide receiver set heavy. And, and Jarvis Landry kind of can, you know, live in that area where tight ends live anyway. So, um, and Baker Mayfield has Cover said two. he's healthy right now. So, um, so we'll see. I think it's a great, great situation. How high do you have Landry? Because I have him pretty high too. I have him like twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Uh, I could look at that range, but I have Hooper is above even Noah Fant. Stop with Noah Fant too, by the way, everybody. Oh. Just good yeah, God, I do know. too. Something we've talked uh, about. Wait, wait, you have you have Landry at twenty-five? You said no. I think it said twenty-seven or twenty-eight. I have to look. Oh, okay. Why do you hate Landry? I was gonna say why do you love him? I have him twenty-six, so that worked out perfect. Because <laughs> if I was gonna say <laughs> twenty-five, oh, why go. do you love him? And then that's because like, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I can see myself moving him to 27. I have, I one, I I have him one spot over, which seems to be I'm lower on as Brandon Cooks going against your Seattle team. As Brandon knows. I have, see, I have Cooks one spot, a, a spot ahead, but we're in the same range. Drop yeah. him down, man. Drop All him right, down. Be on the that. same page. Do you find, uh, Funston, do you find Lamar Jackson's recent struggles concerning at all? Um, Sort of. I mean, it, the, the you know, he's the best of a Jalen Hurts slash Taysom Hill slash Cam Newton kind of quarterback and he was because he was been a bit better throwing the ball than those guys but lately throwing the ball has been a little bit of a of a crap show you know um and so I have some concerns there but you know the rushing numbers are always going to be there it provides a safe floor well no they're not going to always be there no 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 from our own Jeff I'm not going to say that was his lesson Thank you. Zrebit. Is 
saying that that more no huddle is on the table. They realize the thing that mm-hmm. I don't know why Dan Orlovsky and everybody else on TV, including everybody at home watching it, just like we were realizing that when you run the same play on third down every damn time when it's third and seven, and it's like, and you just they had that. You talk about a broken offense, but why yeah. I'm not concerned to piggyback off Funston is. I don't care because he still runs his <laughs> 60 yeah. yards. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, if he was Patrick Mahomes, that's the funny thing is I'm more concerned about Patrick Mahomes than I am Lamar Jackson for fantasy sure. purposes. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is why Greg Roman is the worst offensive coordinator in the league. <laughs> I mean, because we see it every time Lamar Jackson has to go and into that hurry yeah. up. He, he actually is amazing. So I just like, do that out of the get go. You know, <laughs> just go from the jump. That's he's awesome when he's doing it, when he's playing like that. All right, guys, let's rapid fire this really quickly. Uh, just yes or no answers. Uh, Devontae Freeman over A.J. Dillon. Yes. Yeah. Devontae Freeman over Jamal Williams. Yes. No. Well, no, it sounds I'm, like Swift. DeAndre playing. Swift. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go Jamal Williams in that case. Devontae Freeman over James Robinson. <laughs> yes. If you want the floor, <laughs> if you want the floor, if you want the upside, I would still go James Robinson. Is, Jake, is, I checked out. I checked out that interview he had on that Jaguar show, uh, and I could not believe it. I felt bad. <laughs> I wanted to give James Robinson a hug. I felt I so bad. For I, him. I feel like, dude, is that like the most contrite? And he didn't do anything wrong. Interview yeah. I've ever seen. Like, it's just seriously. Yeah. And Carlos Hyde had a fumble as well. Like mm-hmm. you said, I know. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Carlos Hyde went to uh, Ohio State. James Robinson didn't. Fumbles don't matter. Yeah. When you come from Columbus, also those the last were time I very interesting. I'm sure, I'm sure James Robinson would have liked to have gone to Ohio State. That's probably more of an Urban Meyer problem. So wait, yeah. wait, what you're telling me is that the Jaguars are drafting Chris Olave with like the fifth pick? <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, probably. And oh, wait, Ryan Day is going to be the so, yeah. Ryan Day will be the Bears' new head coach too. It's just everyone's coming to the NFL. Also, <laughs> yeah. very interesting, very interesting ways of saying yes or no, guys. Dropping on that last today. one. Forty uh, ers Bengals. Let's get into that. This has swung in a big way. Bengals opened as one and a half point favorites on BetMGM. 49ers now favored by one point on the road in this game. We got a total of 48 and a half here, and that's one of the highest totals in the league this week. So, Jake, are you buying this as a high-scoring game? No, and I'm not buying the swing because I don't get I'm not it. buying the I swing think, either. I, I love the Bengals. The, I think spot. the betting public and whatever the hell is going on over here needs to pay more attention to how big of a loss Elijah Mitchell would be because yeah. and they turn like to – yeah, now dealing with a knee issue, an mm-hmm. issue, but now they're saying that the concussion is still more concerning than the knee. The knee doesn't seem to be a bit. If Elijah Mitchell's in, I kind of do like this as this close. I would not touch the minus one on either side of things. Yeah, uh, but I could see it going over if Elijah Mitchell's out there. Uh, but the biggest thing is now you turn to Jermichael Hasty and Brian Hill. Brian Hill, Wilson, and- Jeff Wilson got in a limited practice on Wednesday. Yeah, but his knee, I don't know that he's playing. And if there's uh-huh. no Debo Samuel at that point, and this is where I'm going with it. At this point, the, the Bengals defense is kind of like the the Steelers. It might show up and be really good this week. It might just mm-hmm. be abysmal and one of the worst in the league. But what would help them is if there's no Mitchell and no Wilson and your options are hasty and Hill, you're just going to yeah. sit back on Garoppolo. And you're just going to sit back and say, we're taking away a you can kittle, try mm-hmm. to beat us with your run game, and then the Bengals run away with this. No pun intended. Yeah, and <laughs> and Jermichael Hasty, just I've never been that impressed. I see so much written about him for someone who has done so little in the NFL. You know, and <laughs> oh, it's just the 49ers. If, if, I know, but man, he's the he's. If the, I played for the 49ers, looking, I would get written about. <laughs> 
It's true. <laughs> but he's the least impressive it would mostly be like, running back that I've cow, seen. How did this clown get into the NFL? Yeah, this that is was, like, he can't even be. average a half yard per carry on Shanahan's team. What the hell? Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, I, I don't know. I, I really like the Bengals in this spot. Um, I do too. Yeah, like this just feels like the sort of game where like they're just, I don't know. I don't know. The like 49ers lost to the Seahawks last week. We all know what the Seahawks well, are. Well, their team's a mess. I mean, legitimately yeah. being without Debo and Eli yeah. and Jeff Wilson puts them in a, behind the eight ball pretty badly. Yeah, they're one of those teams. Like, it's – you can paper over one loss. I, you know, a lot of teams can paper over one loss. It's hard to do it with two. It's part of the reason why I'm a little yeah. bit worried about the Vikings. I guess, you know, they're getting Delvin Cook back, you know, maybe it looks like. But, like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to – the way that two guys – work together and impact an offense as a whole, like it's hard to get to paper over two guys no matter who they are. And Depot Samuel's really been I mean, George Kittle obviously is when he's out there, but Depot Samuel's been that consistent engine of this 49ers offense all season. And so I do worry a little bit about that. Where are we at on Joe Burrow's finger for this game, you guys? I mean, I feel like <laughs> most people who have him are probably playing him. It's unlikely. I think we talked about this on Monday. Un- feels unlikely that someone who has Burrow has another quarterback better than Burrow, but it's got to at least be in the back of your head somewhere that this finger issue is an issue, right, Jake? It's an issue to a degree. I mean, it, it depends, though. Like, you know, quarterbacks grip the ball differently. You know, we see mm-hmm. some have issues. You know, some put more pressure on the main three like you're supposed to. Some actually go further down their fingers. And it's just – so isn't an issue – it didn't look like it was that big of an issue in the game. And that's where yeah. I go to. You know, so, like, if I'm just going off that and it's not a ton to go off of. And it doesn't seem like – here's the biggest part about it, too, is it's kind of similar to preseason where we, we've talked about this before. You hear one beat writer say something, it's kind of like, eh, okay, let me wait. Now three yeah. or four beat writers start to say something, we put a little weight into it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the point where we haven't even – really seen anybody say oh he doesn't look good in practice and so that that makes me feel pretty okay I still think Mm -hmm. there's obvious risk but he's in the Kirk Cousins conversation yeah yeah that's where I have him as well biggest by the way biggest quarterback finger injury on record of all time wouldn't you say Russell Wilson, Taysom Hill, Joe oh, yeah. Burrow. I joked I'm about that yesterday. Is this yeah. the year of the hammer finger or whatever the hell it is? Yeah, like the mallet, the, mallet finger. Yeah. Mallet, mallet finger. finger. Mallet, that's what it is. Mallet, another, and, another word for a hammer. And Ryan Mallet isn't around to be a part of it. It's really, really quite quite a shame. Uh, <laughs> Panthers and Falcons, you guys. <laughs> Panthers and Falcons. Panthers, two and a half point favorites in this game. Uh, Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, Russell Gage, Cam Newton. Can we get yeses or noes on those three guys from all you funds to money? You go first. Hubbard, Gage, Newton. Well, I told you Cam Newton's kind of right in the middle of the pack for me in ranking. He's mm-hmm. got got a decent ceiling. Obviously, has a might get pulled because he's so bad and the, and the team has gone so bad kind of floor, although it's the Falcons and it, it, not a good offense. They held him to 13 points the last time they played. So, um, so yeah, middle of the road for Cam Newton. Russell Gage, I think you just got to look at the way things have trended with him. It's kind of developed, turned into the go-to guy. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a big game, but I think you got to consider him as a sort of a back-end wide receiver three option. Mm-hmm. And, and then um, Chuba Hubbard, I, I, you know, just from all the information I'm gathering, man, and, and I, I had a chance on a Sirius XM show I do to talk to a guy that covers the, the Panthers and uh, he's kind of gushing and, and talking about how clearly they really like Amir Abdullah. Like, in like he's going to be a thing. Giving me the impression so far is like maybe he's 50-50, if not even a little bit more in, in leaning in the Abdullah way. Nothing against Chuba Hubbard, but they just really like how Amir Abdullah has plugged into this offense. 
They're every fantasy yeah. manager from 2015, is what you're saying. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes. The next big thing, Amir Abdullah. I mean, Hubbard is pretty much, you <clears throat> might need to, but he's yeah. a fringe RB2 for me. Uh, you know, that, I'm glad, I'm happy to hear that because I don't like all the people that were calling me stupid and crazy when I said, consider Amir Abdullah, this is now, he's at least a 50-50, if not in the lead, because they didn't have Amir Abdullah the first time around. And yes, mm-hmm. we've done Amir Abdullah before, and we're not saying, Fonson's is not saying, I don't think the beat writer said, nobody's saying that Amir Abdullah is going to be a 20-touch guy, but it's at least 50-50, and that's what you have to be concerned about because if it's 50-50 and it's like the Broncos, okay, fine, they're both valuable. But it's not. It's 50-50 with Cam Newton ruining in the backfield on top of it, and he ruins it more for Hubbard than he does for Abdullah. So Mm -hmm. I think fringe RB2, you probably need to play Hubbard at this point with everything going on. Cam Newton just outside QB1. Russell Gage, low-end wide receiver three. I would have him higher if it wasn't for the matchup. This is not a good matchup for Russell Gage. All right, let, let's actually be quick about this one. Who's the worst, no. quote, tight end you would start over Kyle Pitts? Oh, mm. worst? I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, like I'll, I'll Pat Fryermuth or Dalton Schultz. Con- like, who's Conklin? the last no, tight end? Sh- Conklin? Yeah. Conklin? I have Pitts Conk- a, I have, Kyle Pitts I have is still Conklin eight or nine for me. Pitts. Yeah. yeah I have He's an, getting I have yards. Eight. He's just not scoring touchdowns because he doesn't get any red zone looks. So you still mm-hmm. play him as a low end tight end win because like that's let's be honest about it. You you take 40, 50, 60 yards of your tight end any given week and if tight if he finally scores a touchdown, he would be a top five tight end. So I don't see I'm not it's been frustrating, we all hate it, but I'm not yep. benching pits for Komet or Higby or anything like that. Yeah, but Conklin's interesting because he's a guy that you literally could have just went out and grabbed this week on the waiver wire. Oh, yeah, that's why I said it was starting. You know, a lot of the guys that I've ranked ahead of Pitts are guys that, you know, were drafted and are elite. But Conklin is is a real-world thing where you can pick him up and plug and play him ahead of Pitts. It's going to feel weird, but I, I mean, that's where I have him ranked. That's where Jake has him ranked. And I would, you know, sometimes you rank players and then it's a different story when you actually have both of them on your roster and you have to pull the trigger and you're like, oh, but it's Kyle Pitts. But I would. <laughs> I would start Tyler Conklin over him this week. Ooh. Oh, I got a phone call. Oh, someone's calling Funston. All righty, dudes. Let's talk about the Chargers and the Giants. Chargers are 10-point favorites in this game. Giants look like they're going to be starting Jake Fromm. 43.5 is the total, but we got some bad news on the Chargers just yesterday. Mike Williams not going to play. Chris Harris in doubt. Keenan Allen still on the COVID list, but he could end up playing in this one. How are we treating the Jar- Chargers Excuse me, going into this game, Funston? Well, I said in my rankings column that if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both out, I'm probably at least ranking both Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton as wide receivers, wide receiver fours, but really they could easily be wide receiver threes. Um, And I would like both of them. It's I'm probably leaning Jalen Guyton. If, Mm -hmm. if it's just one of those two main starters out, but I, I was I was a big Josh Palmer guy when he came out of Tennessee. He was one of my favorite kind of under the radar uh, receiving prospects. And as Michael Salfino likes to say at this point in the season, there are no more rookies anymore. So like I think if he had a chance to really be you know a full complement of work that. Josh Palmer is intriguing to me. So he might be the easier guy to get. Like if everybody's scrambling to get Jalen Guyton because one of these guys is declared out, it might not be a bad way to zag and just say, you know what? Josh Palmer has some upside here. If I'm in a, if I'm, you know, in a tough way here and I'm looking for some upside. Yeah. It might actually be Mike Lennon because he got 
pra- mm-hmm. he practiced yesterday, so that's still, but that doesn't really do much better. It's just not Jake Fromm. Like, so maybe mm-hmm. this much of an uptick for anybody that's <laughs> not looking as like this big in my fingers. Uh, so I don't really want to start any Giants wide receiver. I was still probably, if finally healthy, even with Mike Glennon, I'd go Shepard over both of those if Williams and Allen okay. were out because we don't have the clarity. Mm-hmm. I think Guyton fits the Allen role better, which means. I like him more because of what I keep saying about the Giants defense, and he has a better chance to put up the yards on multiple receptions versus Palmer getting the big play, which the Giants don't give up a ton of. So that's where I would go with that route. Obviously, if Allen or Williams plays just one of them, then Guyton's that wide receiver four, and Palmer's probably not on the radar. If they both play, well, that that's what is also still possible, and then you everything's same as normal. Keep going. Allen's a wide receiver mm-hmm. one, and Williams yep. is a wide receiver two. Jake, we got a question here from Kyle Woods addressed to you. You mentioned in your ranking columns you might want to sit Herbert. Uh, how do you make that argument? You got him ranked higher than Taysom. If Williams plays, where do you stand between the two? So what I want to say to Kyle is, do why why read part of the article and not the entire thing, Kyle? Uh-oh, where I say Kyle. my rankings are still my rankings <laughs> of how I would play them. I love you, Kyle. I'm just busting. Uh, no, <laughs> I did say that, and I understand. But he's asking this question because Williams plays. So I'm going to clarify one thing. You can always see in my rankings too. If I have them in there, that's how I would play. I have Williams and Keenan Allen still in there. So mm-hmm. this would be Herbert is in front of. Hill, even with my concerns, because I have Williams and Allen. If Williams or Allen comes out, you'll see Herbert change. So that's why, for everybody else, I ask, like, where would you rank? That's why I usually start with 90% of the people who might play. I put them in, and -hmm. then I take them out once we get word that they're not in there. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's fair to, to, to your point, Jake, and just to defend you a little bit, it's like, you you might might not buy into the downside that you see for Justin Herbert as much as others might, but it's mm-hmm. worth you as a fantasy analyst calling out to people that hey, I see a little bit more significant up yeah. downside with Herbert this week. I'm I'm not ranking t- to the bottom of that downside, but you may want to. So just yeah. a heads up on that. Oh yeah, yeah. You might read what I say and then <clears throat> say you still don't even have him low enough from what you said. <laughs> right. You're a real jerk face, Jake. Let's get into <laughs> Titans and Jaguars. The Titans Love are nine point favorites in this game. Julio Jones potentially going to return for the Titans in this one. AJ Brown, Derrick Henry not going to be so. Funston in a world where Julio does return, you want to play him? Kinda. I you know, I wanna I wanna hear all kinds of glowing reports about him running around and looking really good. That's what I want to do. I kind of threw him at wide receiver 30 as a placeholder. I'm motivated to move him. Like if he's, if I do hear like, yeah, Julio Jones actually looks like a guy who's, who's healthy now and his hamstring is, you know, doesn't look like it's bothering him. Yeah. I'll probably push him up into that wide receiver two, close to that range, maybe in that range. There's a, there's some, you know, in the back end of the wide receiver two this week is kind of a little bit, cloudy so i could see Mm -hmm. myself pushing him into wide receiver two range uh yeah i might get like low in wide receiver two because the Tannehill needs somebody to throw to and the difference before when people are like well he's got to throw to westbrook akina or des fitzpatrick well they're not number ones they they (laughs) need number twos at best so that's really what you have to look at here and if julio comes back i wouldn't be shocked if he says seven eight nine targets if he stays on the field the entire game obviously Mm -hmm. the risk of julio as he goes out there and doesn't Mm -hmm. even finish the first quarter Jake, how are you treating the Titans' backs in this one? 
Uh, just <laughs> there is no clarity. Kid, kid, st- kid gloves. <laughs> but yeah, you, well, uh, there, there's definitely I, no I would, clarity. But let's if you have either one, I know. are you playing that? Oh, day? I was gonna get to the answer. I was just yeah, <laughs> Fustin was just chiming in there. Uh, I would start Foreman mostly because of what I said before this too is that Foreman's role is clear. Foreman, you expect when they have the lead, would be the guy. We would all expect that, and this is a game as the line shows that we expect them to also have the lead but it's not just Hilliard as more of the pass catching option Jerry McNichols is back and I'm not saying that Dontrell Hilliard hasn't shown enough in his brief time to deserve a role but does that definitively mean that Jerry McNichols Jeremy McNichols only sees five touches to 10 snaps that yeah. exactly your shrug is McNichols was the pass catching option before all of this mess happened mm-hmm. so if McNichols and Hilliard are splitting the pass catching running back work. Now that's even worse than before. So I would start Foreman and then Hilliard would just be if I'm in a 14 team half full point PPR and I just have to start somebody. Yeah, I would just, you know, I'm just going to take it from the Titans perspective. I would be like, like I've said before, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Just what did Jeremy McNichols do to to warrant that he has to be played over Dontrell Hilliard when Hilliard came in and gave them a, a whole lot of juice. So, I don't, Jake. You you could be right. They could be splitting, and that could just be he comes back, and why wouldn't he? But like, if I'm the Titans, I'm playing Dontrell Hilliard because mm-hmm. he's the guy that's been going out there and giving this offense much needed uh, juice and giving it life. So that's that's where I'm at on that. Believe it or not, there's one more part of this game that I want us to talk about, and it's uh, Jake saying maybe bench James Robinson in his rankings column. So what's the argument? How deep would you have to be to be benching James Robinson, Jake? Devonta Freeman, names we mentioned earlier. Um, A.J. Dillon, even a split, I'd consider it. The James Conner, even with Edmonds back, although you would have Mm -hmm. to make the decision already anyway before that. Jamal Williams. I mean, Melvin Gordon. Deonta Foreman, if you want the safe play. Deonta You're Foreman's playing all fits. these guys over James? You're, are you playing all these guys over Robinson? All of the ones I mentioned until I got Deonta Foreman. Deonta Foreman I would consider if I wanted the safe play because it mm-hmm. really just comes down to James Robinson still has RB1 upside. But yeah. – Urban Meyer still runs that team, and we just saw what happened. And Urban Meyer has about, coached what about, 32 in the league downside. <laughs> is, what about Cream Hunt? Uh, safe. Safer. Safer. Yeah. Absolutely. This is really comes down to do you want the upside and the risk, or do you want the safe points? Then Cream Hunt. I mean, we can keep going on the safer play. Tevin Coleman against the Jeez. Saints, which is a terrible Yuck. matchup, <laughs> is safer. No, but the thing is, it's safer uh-huh. because it's, you know, five or six points might be better than the zero because Daryl Henderson might have just, quote unquote, lost the job because he wanted to bench him. And then he's blamed it on his offensive coordinator and the rotation. And then what? James Robinson. You mean you said Daryl Henderson? Oh, yes. Same thing. <laughs> Same, similar situation, even worse, with the head coach who blamed the offensive coordinator for the mm-hmm. rotation, then said he shouldn't have played at the end because he was still banged up. And then all this. So, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, honestly, is Carlos Hyde safer? I mean, I'm not going to co Carlos Hyde, but I mean, who <laughs> well, the hell what, knows? What, right what, now? If, what about Tevin Coleman if he doesn't clear concussion protocol and it's Ty Johnson? Are you going to play him over uh, James no. Robinson? They do not want to give Ty Johnson. They want to keep Ty Johnson in that role. <laughs> Ty Johnson lost his job at Maryland. To so we're going to right? see Walter. Yeah. We're going to see Walter again if Coleman goes down. McBeller, you've got the brain of college football. That, that was McNichols, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. Um, all right, guys, guess what? Back-to-back weeks, this is the start of it. So this is really exciting. Chicago Bears primetime. Get ready for it. <laughs> Sunday night football this week, Monday night football, and next week. It's also back-to-back Kirk Cousins in primetime weeks. Thursday There's another back-to-back, too. Monday night next week. What's that? 
next week are Saturday games and back-to-back Saturday games for the Browns. Oh, look look at that. Don't forget. Saturday games start next week, everybody. Don't forget. That's right. Definitely don't forget, and don't forget to watch this one. Packers and Bears, 12.5-point favorites are the Green Bay Packers, as they should be. 43.5 the total on this game. We've got some high upside uh, wide receivers on either side of the game. Darnell Mooney certainly has the higher floor of them, but how are you looking at both Mooney, Funston, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling? Um, Mooney drops a little bit for me with the Justin Fields, but I, I mm-hmm. feel like, you know, we might get more volume uh, to Mooney, which maybe – so I'm not really giving him a huge demotion, but I feel like he's – he feels better to me as as a kind of a higher wide receiver three than a back-end wide receiver two where I was trending with him the last couple of weeks. Valdez Scantling has been the number two option, so just for the fact that – He's been consistently getting volume lately, and and their air yards, their high air yards, um, you know, volume plus high air yards. You like to roll the dice on that, you know, as a white kind of a back end wide receiver three um, gives you some upside there. So, but really quickly, why is this game on Sunday night and not Tampa and Buffalo? Seattle and San Francisco was a great game. They moved that game out of the yeah. Sunday night slot. This is kind of the same setup in my mind. It's good. I assume that this was like their block. Whatever network has uh, Buffalo and Tampa, I assume they hadn't used their block yet, and they—that's what—that's why this is not moving, right? Yeah, maybe. Right? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't uh, know yeah. the inner workings of how they're yeah, allowed to I don't do know it. How that part works. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm also not sure of that. Jake, uh, anything different for you on MVS and Mooney? Uh, just on Mooney, uh, I'm completely. I still have him. I have him at 21. I, I will still roll out Mooney because I actually think it's net even, potentially even better the way that Fields and him were connecting before Fields got hurt. So mm-hmm. I'm still on 100% Mooney. I, that's the one. I agree with the Valdez Scantling and the entire Packers core of wide receivers. And it might be a Randall Cobb week. It might be Alan Lazard week. It might be who the hell knows. But really, what it comes down to is that, that Mooney's the number one. I don't even. I'm not even concerned that Allen Robinson might play. Honestly. Yeah. I'm 25. I'm 25. I'm a little bit low. Yeah, so you're higher than you thought you were. Well, I said, a, a, I said, I said a high end wide receiver three. So I didn't, I should have said the highest end wide receiver. Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in a world where uh, like running back resources are evenly spread across a league, are most leagues seeing AJ Dillon as a starter this week, Jake? Yes. I mean, I have AJ Dillon inside the 20 high twenties. So he's a low end RB two. So mm-hmm. this, look, the split, more pronounced uh, but that being said we talked about it on that show Aaron Jones came out in his same role it's just the game was in control so they pulled back on Aaron Jones because it was before the buy so why risk Aaron Jones that's why they lean on AJ Dillon that being said even before the Aaron Jones injury this was more of like a 65-35 split AJ Dillon still gets used in the passing game he's honestly in the Tony Pollard conversation and if yeah. he finds the and he actually has a better chance to find the end zone because he'll stay in or even get goal line carries and Aaron Jones will stay in the sideline, whereas they get inside the five, and all of a sudden it's like, good job, Tony. We'll see you later. Here comes Zeke to take the touchdown. <laughs> Who, by the way, Tony yeah. Pollard's also dealing with an injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into that game, actually. Sorry, Funston, no. but I just want to jump right into sure. this game. As you mentioned, the, the, the first mispractice of the entire season for Tony Pollard on Wednesday. So he's dealing with a little bit of an injury. We know that there's an interplay between these two backs. Uh, Funston, if you have either one of them, how are you treating them? 
you know, Washington's been good against the run. Ezekiel Elliott, we've talked about this for weeks. He does not look healthy. He looks old. Uh, there's a combination of high volume and the fact that he's actually beat up. Now Tony Pollard is as well. I ranked Tony Pollard ahead of Ezekiel Elliott this week, back to back, basically, uh, right? Kind of the back end of the top 20 running backs. And I don't know in my mind if I actually feel quite as good as I ranked them about them, mm-hmm. but I, I, you know, I feel like Tony Pollard's going to be okay, um, but don't love the running game here. I'm kind of high on Dak, just having finally having a really good game, and so I've, I've ranked Dak accordingly. <laughs> I have him as the number two quarterback this week. Oh, I like that. I like that. I would love to see a game like that as someone with uh, one huge game with playoffs on the line with CeeDee Lamb and another huge game playoffs on the line with Amari Cooper. I would love to see a huge Dak Prescott game. Uh, Jake, can you make a case for starting your boy with the jersey behind you, Taylor Heineke? (laughs) Every single week you can make a case because the biggest thing about him is that before their bye, uh, he was extremely reckless. And we talk about the team had no <laughs> consistency. Uh, there was a different rushing leader on that team for about four straight weeks. It was like Gibson, then McKissick, then Patterson, then Heineke. And that might be not the correct order, but that was the point. There was no consistency yeah. there. Heineke was doing too much. That buy changed a lot, and it's not just the Gibson health. Be, being able to lean on Gibson, and Heineke's also developed, you know, obviously watch a lot of him, is developed this year of being more patient and not running out of the pocket when he doesn't need to and not making the throw downfield then to triple coverage just to try to make a play. So against the Dallas defense, who is a very good fantasy defense, and they do, they still give up plays because they are aggressive, and that's what makes them a mm-hmm. good fit. It's like the Eagles a couple of years ago, where they were a top five fantasy defense, but they gave up a ton of yardage in the passing game. And that's very similar. So I have Heineke, you know, right one spot behind Joe Burrow. And honestly, if you've said I want to start Heineke over Cam Newton because I don't want to risk the Cam Newton mm-hmm. floor, then I'd I'd be okay with that. Three games to get to here, guys. Let's get through these ones relatively quickly. Broncos and Lions. Broncos, eight-point favorites. 42.5 is the total. Funston, if Melvin Gordon goes for the Broncos, does he go for your fantasy team? Yes. You know, in, in, a, in a, you know, high RB3 kind of capacity, I was going to say about A.J. Dillon, look at, you know, in a standard two running back, three wide receiver setup with a flex, you're talking about Melvin Gordon versus guys like Jamison Crowder and, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Melvin Gordon, if even if Javante takes a little bit of a lead, it's probably still good for 12 or more touches in this game. And I'm going to take that over those kind of guys all day long. 100%. Jake, you're on the same page there, yeah? Yeah, pretty yep. easy, right? Where does Jamal Williams fit in? Jamal Williams versus Melvin Gordon, who are you starting? Jamal Williams. And that's based on no DeAndre Swift. If DeAndre yeah. Swift's out there, then I would start both wrong. Uh, obviously, Melvin Gordon over Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams would fall yeah. down into like the uh, Tevin Coleman conversation in the 30s, mm-hmm. high 30s. Um, all right, I'm going to move yeah. on to the next game because I think that one's relatively cut and dry. Let's get to Saints and Jets. Saints are five and a half point favorites in this one against the Jets. Uh, who is the best quarterback, Jake, that you are starting Taysom Hill over? Who's like the next two quarterbacks in your rankings behind Taysom? Right behind Taysom, right now, yeah. Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson. I mean, <laughs> that is spicy. Matthew is, Stafford. Is, is, it, is it? He was QB6 <laughs> yes, with four interceptions. Yes. Well, I'm not saying it's wrong, it's, but it's very, it's very spicy. It's a very it's spicy QB, tack. I like it. He's going, he's going against the Jets, so he might have 20 rush attempts 
I mean, honestly, so, like you, what? him and Kamara are going to run the ball combined like 40 times. So, yeah, I mean, right, like, without, without Ingram? With no in Mark this one? Ingram? He's basically <laughs> yeah. the RB2. Again, I go back to he was yeah, QB the QB6 one and the RB2. Four interceptions. So, you know, if you want to say Stafford, I'm fine with that. At Arizona, they, you know, that Arizona defense is really good. I, I, mm-hmm. I would say Stafford's clearly safer. Russell Wilson against Houston, you know, I again, even safer. Russell Wilson was finally starting to look healthy, and he was one barely sailed throw away from a huge game. And so definitely safer than them, but that's immediately where I would stop because there's no way I'm starting Cam Newton, Joe Burrow, Tyler Haneke, and Justin Fields over him. It's funny. I just look at my rankings. I have Taysom Hill 9. I have Matt Stafford 10. I have Russell Wilson 11. So I'm on the, apparently oh on the God. same yeah. train with – You guys hate, hate Matthew Stafford. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, I do. Just can't who's, stand. Who, whose body's more broken, him or Baker Mayfield at this point? I mean, <laughs> Baker. Baker yeah, is just. I mean, Baker looks like he can't walk after every three. It's like he can. He he summons the strength to like drop back and do a play, and then it all that is, and it all just it's drops like, out yeah, of him. It, and he summons the strength again for the next play, and it all falls out of him. It's he's like, like it's uh, like, what, he's like an electric which of these two that, like, pieces of yeah. food is more tainted right now? Like you know, like <laughs> they're both spoiled. So that's the you know that's yeah. that's the bottom line. Uh, man, taste them over Matthew Stafford. Not saying it's wrong, but you know it might be wrong. I like that game on (laughs) Monday Night Football between the uh, between the Cardinals and the Rams. I think we're going to get a high scoring game. Last game on our Week 14 list: Seahawks and Texans. Seahawks seven and a half point favorites. Forty two again. There it is. That forty two number on the total here. Uh, Russell Wilson. You guys both have him. Jake, were you on QB eleven? Also, you both you had him two spots behind Taysom, so you're both at QB eleven. So. I guess, Funston, does that mean that he's back inside the circle of trust after what we saw last week? I mean, it's it's partly the matchup too, right? Like if this was a really tough matchup and you started to feel like he was going to get swarmed by a pass rush, like you would still have caution, but they don't have a running game. It's a, it's So this is actually a, a real like let's work on our passing game with Russell Wilson, and this could be like I don't see how you get a lead and just lean on Alex Collins and Rashad Penny. They can't really do that right now. So the nice yeah. thing here is we have to push the passing game the entire game, which is great news for Russell Wilson. So you're saying they're going to let Russ cook? Oh, they, yeah, he's going to be cooking. He'll have a chef hat on, <laughs> probably have a white apron, all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jake, is he back in the circle of trust for you? Yeah, I was doing my best, Doctor Evil, to come here to me. <laughs> little <laughs> mini me, come here. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, he is back in the circle of trust again. You know, the finger. You know, if we're sitting here with the estimation of random percentages that people always give to health. Like, it looked like he was back to ninety ninety five. Like, it was almost mm-hmm. there. Like that one was the really yeah, only yeah. sailed throw. Other than that, he was zipping the ball, making throws on dimes. I mean, there's stuff that – so you feel better about Russell Wilson. Yes, you can pass against Houston. You can run against Houston. You can do whatever you want, but it also is fun to message. That backfield is kind of a mess right now, mm-hmm. although Penny got the most touches. You know what would be hella fun if we just – if <laughs> Foster, are you going to you run straight from the West Coast to the East Coast to celebrate and f- just across from the – Yes. The West Penny down to you, the I East. said on Monday I thought this could be a Rashad Penny game. I, I really do. I, I mean – this this could be the Rashad Penny moment this week. We'll see, but yeah. you'll hear the shouts across the world if that happens. <laughs> it's from the West Coast to the Gulf Coast to be there in Houston with them, and then to the East Coast to be there with you, Jake. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Got to celebrate with Penny first, give him a big hug, and then come to you and like middle finger you or something. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, okay, fair enough. <laughs> everybody, would, everybody would love to run to me to give me the middle finger. Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's exactly how it works, you guys. That's good. That's good. That's it. I'm ready to call it a show. A very good show for us here. 14 games in the books for, appropriately, week 14. Thanks so much to all of you out there for listening to this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to everyone who joined us on YouTube as well. For Brandon Funston, for Jake Seeley, I am Michael Beller. Week 14, playoffs on the line. The best of luck to all. All of you out there, except for you, Chris Brish, because I really need to beat you. So no good luck for you. No good luck for Zach Chorus. Just good luck for me in those matchups. Uh, good luck to everyone, though, uh, uh, who is not one of those two guys. Hope you get your wins, get into the playoffs, and you're back with us next week, week 15, to talk week 15 rankings. We'll talk to you all soon. See you later.